Welcome to the Be Nice Andy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Be Nice Andy Podcast, sports podcast for the people. My name is John Lee. And I'm Andy Benzwick. So, Andy, we uh, we were off last week. I assume you were busy celebrating that huge win over the Jags. Cowboys looking amazing after that week. But um, this past week, not so much. I uh, I somewhat reluctantly watched the game. I don't know why, but um, I thought it'd be a good game. And it, it sort of ended up being a good game. But uh, much like the Cowboys uh, too often, I just it was, it was pretty hard to watch the end of that game. Uh, I, I could only imagine hearing your voice with every Dak play and uh, I was cringing at during the whole game and then with the way it ended with that field goal kick I was like I can't wait to hear Andy's thoughts on this. Andy, what are your thoughts after that last to the Washington football team? Yeah, so I'm just basically, I mean, I'm to the point where any bit of hair that I had left on my head is completely gone because I'm so tired of <laughs> the same crap, like, week in and week out. And I actually said this, like, I said it jokingly the other day, like, last week. I know we did our picks, and I, I jokingly said, you know, I think the Cowboys will lose by 60 to, to the Jaguars. But what I was actually telling my friends, like, on the side was, like, we'll beat the Jaguars. Somehow we'll beat the Jaguars <laughs> and then lose to the Redskins and the Titans. And I think we're Word for word, you said that. Word for word, yeah. Yeah, and this is the thing that, this, this is what drives me nuts about the Cowboys, because this is why they're a 8-8 eight and eight team all the time. This is exactly why they are an 8-8 eight and eight mediocre um, team that's going nowhere, because this is what they do. And, you know, for everything that they came out, you see their offense come out against the Jaguars, and they look like the next coming of, like, the greatest Patriots offense of all time. You know, and they come out, and they're just, Dak is Dak again. I mean, just bad throws here and there, no pocket presence, uh, fumbling the ball in the end zone for a touchdown, uh, ultimately costing the Cowboys the game. I mean, you can't do that. First of all, you can't drop back 10 yards on a, on a, uh, you know, on a, on a drop back heading towards your own end zone. And then he fumbles the ball, um, you know, going into the end zone, basically costing the game. So, I mean, there's all that. And, and this is what it is. I mean, obviously teams, the same thing. You can't run the ball because no matter how great your running back is or how strong your offensive line is, uh, you just can't physically do it when teams don't fear your quarterback. And, you know, this is going to be the, the typical, um, program for the Cowboys. It's just, you know, a team like the Jaguars where they don't play them very often, it's almost like maybe they don't necessarily know exactly uh, what the Cowboys do. They don't see them as much. The Redskins see the Cowboys twice a year. The, the Giants see the Cowboys twice a year. The Eagles see them twice a year. So uh, that doesn't surprise me a team like the Redskins come in and just completely humiliate Dak. Um, well, Andy, let me ask you yeah, this. That's what happened. So I, I was sort of excited because, again, I was like, wow, Andy really nailed this Like when you guys like crushed the Jaguars. And then I, lo- I look at this past week where the Jaguars lost 27 and they looked pretty bad. So then I thought to myself, wow, like, um, another team that was kind of overhyped, the Eagles, too. Like, going into the season, you hear, like, Eagles, you hear Jags and how good they are and stuff like that. And, I mean, the Jags definitely played it when they beat the Pats. And then again, I would argue the Pats, how they look, I think it was that week two or something, they look like night and day, and sort of the Jags look night and day. Do you think, put it this way, you know, in college football, when you say, like, you beat a team, it kind of changes perspective when you beat that team, like, at the end of the season, if they end up being a top 10 team or not. Like, now it seems like that win, which would have been a great win against a top AFC team. The Jaguars look pretty mediocre now. I mean, I I don't think the Texans Texas are that great, but like maybe they were overhyped, maybe they're overrated. So now that win, that that huge win against the Jaguars doesn't look as great. Does that make sense? Or? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I still think I think, but th- just like I said though, this the Cowboys team could be as good as anybody, and it could be as bad as anybody on any given day. That's just a, it's like that's just what they are, and it's like the Jaguars to me. Like I I still think the Jaguars are still a really tough team. I think that they've still got 
that, uh, you know, so a few guys beat up here and there, key guys that are beat up here and there. Um, I don't want to take too much from, like, any one game, but when you go out and you beat up a team that was in the AFC Championship last year, that is really, like, just a very highly respected defensive team, and the Cowboys often does what they do. Obviously, it's going to make you kind of, like, wonder, is this, you know, maybe the Cowboys breaking out? But for me, it, that just, I mean, it really goes back to, like, what this team is. It's like they can play up to the competition, and then they play right back down to the competition. And, you know, that's why I just, I'm so stuck on this team just being a career 8-8 eight and eight team because, like, you just don't know what they're going to do week in and week out. And I think the Jags are still a tough team. I think the Jaguars are still going to, you know, be tough. I mean, they, they finally, this week, after everything that's happened the last couple of weeks, they finally benched Bortles. So I think uh, they've got their question marks. I think that when all said and done, I think if they have everything going right on defense, they're still going to be very tough. But um, I don't want to question the Jaguars from that respect. If, for me, it's just 100% about not knowing, like, exactly what you get from a Cowboys team. I, you know, I, I just think that it, it's it's the most frustrating thing in the world to be a fan of a team like that. Like, at least the Giants. Like, the Giants are terrible, and everybody knows terrible. Like, you expect them to be, like, the one and six. Everybody knew that they were going to, you know, go out and lose because that's kind of what they do right now is they lose. They're just, they've got no offense. They've, they've got no offensive line. Their defense isn't good. But the Cowboys, it's like, they'll get your hopes up, and you think that they're going to, like, go on a run and, and be world beaters, and they rip your hearts out. <laughs> and it's just, as a fan, it just drives you absolutely nuts. No, I, I hear you. And it was it was really tough. Like, again, I, you know, just my, my position, I I loved Dak that rookie year. And then as he's regressed, I, I kind of root for the guy. But at this point, it's hard to root for the guy when he looked kind of that bad. So I want to ask you, uh, just just making that pie chart of putting the blame on Garrett or Dak, how would you how would you put that blame on that, uh, that loss to the Washington football team? Like, how would you assign the blame between those two guys? Yeah, I think that they all have their moments again. I mean, kind of similar to, uh, I guess, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, where Jason Garrett, again, is just the gutless wonder. I mean, he puts them in a position where you're just satisfied settling for a what it would have been was a 47-yard field goal at the time. So he's just satisfied running the ball and settling, you know, for a 47-yard field goal, which by no means it's not a gimme. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a gimme. A 47-yard field goal, uh, despite that these guys are NFL kickers, it's not like that's a gimme field goal. Um, sure. So he, you could take a shot. You've got a timeout left. You could take a shot downfield, try to make it a closer field goal for one, or two, maybe take a shot down, get a little bit closer and take a shot in the end zone. And the Cowboys had all of that going for them on that final drive. They had a chance that they could actually, once again, go and try to win the game. And our wimpy coach decides to hand the ball off, gain, you know, two yards, run the clock down, and settle for a 47-yard field goal to tie the game. And, you know, for me, it's like, shame on you. That's that's what you get for trying to be, you know, tr- to try to be weak like that. It's, it's okay, a 47-yarder, now you get a penalty in the 52-yarder. And, you know, it came back to bite them. So I think uh, from that respect, I'm just tired of Garrett, like, Garrett, whatever demeanor that he has where he's always just fighting to stay alive. And then, you know, I'll give Dak a little bit of credit like later in the game. In the final couple drives, Dak did pretty well. I and mean, he did get them back into it and he, he got the ball downfield against the defense that's kind of like trying not to lose. So I don't want to kill Dak for like the final couple drives. But when you have the fumble, you know, for a touchdown at that spot in the game, I mean, it it's hard to kind of like back away from that and say that, that, that you know, Dak doesn't get blamed for that. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, he turned over the ball on the one yard line for a touchdown so it for me it's you just gotta you gotta blame the guy i mean he's a quarterback and he's ultimately he's not putting you in situation to win games he's missing and he also missed guys as much as i like to see him run and tuck the ball in and kind of take the initiative to go get first downs and do stuff like that um when he does that sometimes he just completely stops looking downfield and i saw two three four guys receivers running wide open to the end zone on some of those plays where Dak could have thrown a touchdown pass and he chose to you know run for a first down instead of keeping his head up field and being a quarterback and throwing the ball so 
um, yeah, that's stuff that drives me nuts. You know, when when Zeke had that suspension, um, I feel like it actually, I think the effect on you guys was like kind of exponential because I think Dak was at this point where he's like, I need to step up and he's doing too much. And then kind of when, when Zeke came back, I, I don't know, he seemed like, Dak seems really different pre-Zeke uh, suspension where it was kind of in, in combination and concert with Zeke, kind of this kind of shared kind of gameplay versus there's too often where I feel like he's uh, either, I can't tell if it's intentional or he feels like he has to. He's playing like this kind of hero ball where there's some plays that I just feel like, sure, you could do that play, but it doesn't seem like the right play. Like if you if you get it, great, but I don't think that's the wisest choice. And I don't know if that led to that um, that fumble like, like near the one or two, but like I was just like, man, that's not a really smart play. It's probably better to be conservative or passive than to be aggressive. And so it, I, I, just, I just remember watching that play. I was like, I can't believe you made that play. Like Andy's going to crush this guy. And then I mean, to come back and almost get the tie, um, it, it was really tough to watch, but not not trying to pile on Dak, but I, I actually thought it'd be a fun kind of little game. So do you think Dak is out of the top 32 uh, quarterbacks? Is he a better quarterback than uh, Garrett as a coach? Like, who do you think is a worse ranker out of those two guys? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I think that Garrett is an 8-8 eight and eight coach. So I think that Garrett is basically the definition of mediocrity. He's not like he's not like the worst ever, but he's just not going to ever be a difference maker in a positive way. Whereas I don't, I think Dak is never going to be the best quarterback on the field. I think that like the, I think that the, the Cowboys offense is 100% fully dependent on Ezekiel Elliott being successful. So like when, when D, when Zeke is able to find room and run the ball, the Cowboys have a great chance of winning that game because whenever it's put on Dak, he's not going to get the job done. He's just not going to go win a game for you. It's, I mean, it's just as simple as that. And we saw that when he couldn't win without Zeke last year and defense okay, Andy, still, yeah. In front of me, so, I have, I have the top, I have the 32 starting quarterbacks. We're going to play Dak or insert playing. Ready? Josh Rosen. Okay. Oh, Who'd that? Okay. Definitely Rosen. Flacco. Ah, uh, gosh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'd rather have Dak just because okay. Dak is younger. I mean, I, I don't know. Flacco's okay. stink, but I don't I guess I'd take Dak over him. Josh Allen? Uh, I would take Josh Allen. And like I said, I'm taking these guys based off of what I believe they are sure. going to be, too. Yep. It's not just based off, because Dak is still young enough, too, to say to that there could back. still be upside. Sure. So, yeah. So, yeah. I'd uh, go Trubisky? Josh Allen. Trubisky, definitely. Dalton? Oh man! Uh, oh really? I thought that was I a think, no-brainer. Uh, I was almost gonna fall. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I think I'll go. I'll go. Uh, no, I'll go with Dalton because okay. I think that Dalton can still throw the football. I mean, I'll go with Dalton, but I just think that the Cincinnati Bengals are such a disaster that they make yeah. him probably look worse than he is. Totally agree. Totally agree. Baker, I know how you feel about Baker, so Baker easily. Okay. Baker. Case Keenum? Uh, I would take Dak over Case Keenum. I mean, there's just for okay. me, like to, to be a quarterback in the NFL, you have to have a neck, and I just don't think that a starting quarterback. Yeah, I just Case Keenum just does not look like a starting quarterback. He's an actually a starting quarterback. Like he's, he's like the backup that got stuck in there and somehow people just keep starting him. I didn't think I'd have to say this, man. It, it kind of saddens me, but Deshaun Watson? Oh, no. I mean, I'd take Deshaun Watson all day over okay. that. Okay. I mean, old pre-Deshaun Watson, I would have said that. He's looked kind of mortal, kind of mediocre. Yeah, but I still he's still coming off a bad injury. So he, true, I true. mean, I saw enough from him that he can get the ball downfield. And he, he outplayed, in my opinion, I mean, he, he outplayed Dak as bad as Deshaun Watson's business. Yeah, he outplayed Dak true. at the head. Yeah, so. Blake um, I would take Dak over Blake Bortles. Ryan Tannehill? Uh, I don't like Tannehill, but I, for some reason, he's somewhat successful when he plays, and, and Miami tends to win when he plays, so Agreed. I think I would probably go with Tannehill over uh, Dak. Okay. Um, Eli Manning? Um, is he a starting quarterback? Like, I don't... <laughs> Miami backup. Um, you know, it, I would go... If it was, like, all things, I guess, equal, I would rather have Eli, because Eli can wow. get the ball downfield. I would, he, he can get the ball downfield. He's 
old now, so he's kind of falling apart. And I don't like Eli. And you know, I mean, I like Eli. I just don't like him as quarterback. But I mean, but you're saying Eli if we replace Dak with Eli right now, you guys would be a better team? Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that Eli would make wide receivers better than I agree. I agree. Uh, than Dak makes them. So I think if you had, if Eli, I think if you put Eli out there with the Cowboys' offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott and even the mediocre wide receivers that Cowboys have, I mean, Eli is for me, he's a better passer than, agreed, than agreed. Dak has been just based off the fact that he can get the ball downfield and make big plays. Sam Darnold? Oh, Darnold, no okay. question. Um, running out, CJ Beathard? Um, I mean, I would take, I would probably take Dak over him again. I think he's a backup quarterback that just. Uh, I assume you take Jimmy G over Dak, though, right? I would take Jimmy G over Dak. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, that's a no-brainer. No Marcus, question. Jameis Winston, I don't know. Uh, J- Jameis Winston coming off of the fact that he was the number one draft pick, he still got the he still gotcha. got the arm of a number one draft pick, and I think okay. that if he's still got way more potential for me, that I think Dak hit his like Dak was everything Dak will ever be his rookie season. I agree. Don't think Dak is going to ever be better than that. Like, sure. and I think Jameis Winston, if 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 he's the number one draft pick that he that he was with the arm that he has and all that stuff, he could still be a guy that could throw for forty five five you know forty five hundred five thousand yards in a season if he if he gets his stuff right. Mariota. Um, yeah, I don't like Mariota at all. I mean, I I may prefer. Uh, there's a I actually may take Dak over Mariota. I don't think I don't think I think Mariota and Dak are so similar, and I think that Mariota is less durable than Dak. So I like what Dak is able to do in the like in the run game. I think Dak can like lower his shoulder and be effective when he you know when he runs kind of like a running back, 230 something pounds. Um, Mariota just has really shown me nothing as a passer, and I know he can run, but I just I think he was one of those guys that he was drafted real high when he shouldn't have been. So I think him and Dak are very similar, and I mean I'll just I guess I just stick with Dak on that one. And lastly, Alex Smith. I mean I think Dak I think Dak is basically Alex Smith. <laughs> like ah, I think okay. that's kind of like All what right. he is. I think Dak is like basically. I think uh, Alex uh, is a better passer. Dak is a better runner. Is that fair? Not well, much yeah, he's well he is because but Dak is also Dak's a bigger guy. So like Alex yep. Smith can actually run. Alex Smith is mobile. They're they're very similar quarterbacks. Like Alex Smith is like the prototypical game manager. So like he is basically Alex Smith is kind of been in his career what Dak could be if everything goes right with Dak. Like I think that they're very similar. I don't think that either of them are really like going to blow you away with their passing game. And so I think that that's kind of like the type of quarterback that Dak will be. Although Alex Smith was a top draft pick, you know. I mean, so yeah, he has exactly. that potential coming out. But I just think that that type of quarterback that Dak is, I mean, he's that game manager and. Alex Alex Smith has kind of like almost perfected that game manager role. So, um, I mean, for me, it's a toss up. I mean, Dak's younger. Just a, yeah, I was going to say, we'll call that a push. And so that leaves Dak as the 28th best quarterback, which is actually higher than I thought. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to get him like all the way down to the bottom. But uh, 28th isn't too shabby, I guess. But Was uh, there anybody we didn't? I mean, oh, I guess you probably I left you all left the obvious out a few guys that you left out the obvious ones, right? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, of so, course. I, yeah, like I said, I think that, yeah, I, I think that there's, I think that. Dak to me, and I think that's kind of like almost what we talked about. Where I do, I think he's on that back end in that final five spot somewhere. I just think that that's like where Dak falls, and he hasn't proven yeah. to me that he's otherwise. I mean, if he had, if he had progressed on his rookie season, where he was so good at protecting the ball, and like if he was if he continued to be that guy, and defenses didn't adjust to him, and he was going to throw 23, 24 touchdown passes and only four or five interceptions, then like you can live with that guy. You can live with that version of Dak. But the, the league caught up with Dak, and they figured out. 
about like how to take away like what made him successful and Dak just hasn't been good enough to like overcome that and make the adjustment to kind of like get back in front of them well, so well, let's finish this say the Cowboys with this last thought so you're saying Alex Smith is probably the most equal comp to Dak is that is that fair uh yeah I mean I think that if Dak is going to have a good career then Alex Smith is kind of like what Dak has to be and, yeah, you know and, what I'm saying like I think that that's what if Dak is going to have a good long career in the NFL then it's an Alex Smith is like who he has strived to be essentially I just think that that's the type of quarterback he is okay well let, let's go with that then is Alex Smith good enough to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback and obviously in the last 20 years the comp would be is where does he rank compared to Flacco Eli and Trent Zilfer those are probably the three worst right so yes yeah, so yes yeah, to answer your question that uh I mean I think that pretty much any starting quarterback in the NFL can win a Super Bowl if they've oh. got the right pieces around them I do oh, believe okay. that any starting quarterback I don't think that you need to be like I don't think you need to be Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl I think you need to have a Super Bowl caliber defense and if you've got a good enough offense that can you know kind of control the ball control the clock uh in in a defense that's gonna get stops when you need them but also kind of you know force some turnovers kind of get up in Brady like the Giants did then well, I think and, that yes Andy let me ask Sorry, you please. no no I, I was just trying to think out loud I don't remember where those guys were at I, if I can remember correctly Eli wasn't on his big contract Flacco didn't get his huge payday yet when they won I doubt Trent Silver was that high paid so I guess like I don't I don't know what Dak's expecting for a contract right if he's not reasonable and they got and Russell Wilson he had that nasty defense but he was on a rookie contract so I, I think that bolsters your point like you need a comprehensive team but you could only have a comprehensive team when the quarterback isn't taking like a lion's share of the um, the salary right I think I can only think of I don't know if Aaron Rodgers was making that much when they won or when Peyton Manning won Tom Brady's never asked for a lot when when you know the Patriots have won so I don't know how that how realistic Dak is about his contract but if that eats up a lot of the salary and you guys can't better your team then it's it's it's, it's kind of like common sense that he's going to suck up too much of your salary for, for him to be surrounded by good players if that makes sense well yeah so I mean I do believe that if you know some of those quarterbacks were on heavy contract but the thing was that like with the Giants for example like when Eli won I think that that's pretty much that's as good of an example like you could put that you could put that giant team with the Baltimore Ravens with Joe Flacco and then you know you could put like the Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson those arguments for me are all very similar like because like it or not John fan Eli Manning falls into that category where he's never been like especially if you're talking about like regular season he's never been like a top 10 top 15 quarterback he's sure. basically on the back end the re- regular season he's one of the worst quarterbacks that still has a job basically and then I will give him the credit on those two specific playing playoff runs he played well enough to win Super Bowls when his defense became lights out and you got to give the quarterback credit sometimes a quarterback can do just enough to give you a chance if your defense plays lights out and even though those giant teams like those two Giants teams that won the Super Bowl like regular season wise like their defense wasn't nearly what it was in the playoffs in the playoffs their defense became like all worldly and they just went nuts and they just started shutting down everybody and so uh, yeah I mean Dak I think could be good enough if the defense steps up and plays like that but the Cowboys kind of to your point they're coming up on this spot now where they're gonna have to pay a lot of guys I mean yeah they're gonna have to pay Dak if they want to keep him as their franchise quarterback they're gonna have to pay Zeke they're you know they're gonna have to pay Zeke and Zeke is gonna be a lot of money they have to pay Zeke because their offense is not gonna same without Zeke and now so, you know and I'll <laughs> yeah sorry, go ahead. no 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 sticking with that topic of uh surrounding your team with better players I transitioned to this I I wouldn't call it a blockbuster trade but I, I was pretty surprised because I, I definitely don't watch the Raiders again you know I'm team anti-Gruden so like I almost forgot about 
Amari Cooper and like kind of just fell off planet. And so when this trade happened, I was like, okay, I can only imagine Andy's anger and how furious he's going to be. But so, uh, yeah, the Cowboys trade for Amari Cooper giving up a first round pick, which I think to your earlier point this season where you were kind of hoping that they would just suck and get a high draft pick. Now it gets even worse because I, I can only think of basketball terms when you trade your, your draft picks for um, if what you expect to be a good player, which I don't even think Amari Cooper's that great of a player. If you think you have a shot to win it now, which uh, here, here's what I thought, and I pose this question to you. No matter how you feel about Amari Cooper, replace Amari Cooper with um, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. Say that was the trade. Trade your first round draft pick for uh, Antonio Brown or um, Julio Jones. For this season alone, I, I don't think you guys are a Super Bowl contender even with a wide receiver of that caliber. Is that fair? Oh, it's 100% fair. I mean, you're 100% right. That's the thing that ticks me off so much about this. I, I had no idea. I, yeah. what, what, why would you Why would you, um, Why would would you? you leverage your future for the, the present if it's not going to push you over the top? Like, so yeah, speak your mind. Tell me your thoughts. I, I, I was so confused by this move, but go ahead. Because they're morons. This is the same exact thing. That's like, this is like what drives me freaking nuts about this team. And like, if you could put a camera on me yesterday when I found out about this, like one of my buddies posted it to me on, on Facebook before I knew it happened. Yeah. And it, and it happened to be a Giants fan. And you know, like, I've, you know, I love all my Giants fan friends. So I do. I really do. I mean, like I joke with them. We, we love to kind of like push each other's buttons. And this guy wasn't even trying to push my buttons. He just knew I was going to go nuts over this. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, like, you can't be, this can't be real. Like the Cowboys for a team that has basically, the one thing I'll say about them is that they've, for a first round pick, they've done pretty well with their first round pick, like over the past like few years. And even their second round pick to a, to a, uh, you know, to an extent, taking chances on guys. So the only thing I had to look forward to was the Cowboys blowing this season and getting a number one, uh, you know, not a number one pick, but a top 15 pick. And then hopefully getting a guy that's going to be the future, you know, in some respect, hopefully, God forbid, freaking quarterback. But like they didn't get Antonio Brown. They didn't get Julio Jones. They got another number two wide receiver. Like just because a guy was drafted in the top five in the NFL draft, just because the Oakland Raiders made a dumb move by drafting this guy in the top five of the first round a few years ago, a couple years ago, doesn't mean that you have to throw away your future to get this guy. Like doesn't mean he's not a number one. He's not a number one wide receiver, in my opinion. He's a number two. Is, the Cowboys is, have like three or four number two wide receivers. In, in your belief, at this moment, is Des Bryant better than Amari Cooper? Absolutely, Des. I would okay. rather have Des. Well, I mean, so he, there's two different sides of this. Okay, so okay. I think that, like, my argument on this will, will remain consistent. Okay, so first off, I like Des. I like I believe that Des, with the right quarterback, is still a guy who can go up and go for, you know, 1,200 yards. When he was with Romo in his best days, you know, with Romo who could make a receiver that, he was going for, like, over 1,300 uh, receiving yards and 12 to 15 touchdowns. Okay, so that was Dez with a really good quarterback. Dez right now could still be a very good receiver. He could still, with a good quarterback, I still believe 100% that Dez could still go for probably probably close to 1,100, maybe 1,200. You know, somewhere between 1,000 and, and say 1,200. I believe that Dez absolutely can go for somewhere between 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards with a good quarterback and still catch 10 to 15 touchdown passes because he's that type of a threat in the red zone. Amari Cooper on his best day was, uh, you know, 1,100 yards in like five touchdowns. So he doesn't really fix any of the problems that the Cowboys have had. He doesn't really like help Dak get in the ball in the end zone. Dak couldn't get the ball in the end zone to a guy who's like a big time uh, touchdown wide receiver that's Des Bryant. And the reason that, you know, when I answer the question about Des Bryant, I'm answering it based on the fact that we're paying Des Bryant $9 million this year. So why is he not on a team? So yeah, I would rather have Des Bryant on our team, hold on to our number one draft pick and kind of like let it go, you know, let it be what it's going to be than throw away a number one draft pick on a guy that you're going to have to pay next season if you want to stay on the team because right now Cooper's still in his great you 
you know, rookie deal. Let me ask you this. Let me but ask not, you this. Yeah. Is Josh Gordon better than Amari Cooper? I, oh, absolutely. There's no oh, question. Wow. There is absolutely no question that Josh Gordon is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. The the difference is Josh Gordon comes with the the the, the baggage of, sure. of not knowing if he's going to be there. But the Patriots worked that out. I mean, the Patriots put they put like you know there were there were like um, different things in the contract or in the trade that kind of accounted for that being if that was an issue. So like the Patriots didn't lose anything by you know giving Gordon a chance. I mean, they gave up a fifth round pick for him. Like and all of a sudden now Amari Cooper just because he's young he's a he's you know a first round pick. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Andy, let me ask you this. So you know we talked about I, I don't know if you were being facetious before rooting for like them to go one in fifteen getting a high draft pick. I, I, I was hoping you were serious because I, I you know back back to basketball my kind of my kind of favorite sport. I, I wasn't a fan of the Seventy Sixers when they whole uh, trust the process and I don't know if it was four or five years tanking and they got all these high draft picks and if they arguably went fifty fifty right they 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 missed on two or three high draft picks but they got you could argue argue, argue two transcendent players in uh, Embiid and Ben Simmons. So I'm looking at Dak's contract, and I don't think he's the quarterback of the future. Like, unless he were to take a really QB-friendly contract, which I doubt he would, it seems like I would tank the rest. Not 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 on purpose, but I'm just like, I wouldn't have made this deal, but play this season out and and then play out next season. Have the chips fall where they may be. Again, you guys might be bad, but you get two high draft picks. Don't pay Dak, pay Zeke, and now you have two, if you can draft well enough, two good draft picks with Zeke as your cornerstone, and you go from there. Um, co- Contrast that with what the Cowboys did do. Put yourself in the Joneses' head and tell me what the, what you think they were thinking. I think they're senile, is what I think. I think that they've lost their damn mind. I mean, like, here's the okay, here's the whole thing about this. Like, if if Amari, so if Dak Prescott is your quarterback, okay, if Dak Prescott, if you have decided and you're one and you're accurate with your assessment that Dak Prescott is your quarterback and the, and you think you can get him at a reasonable price when his contract comes up, then I don't think that getting a guy like Amari Cooper is necessarily bad. But the issue I have with it is, first off, he's not worth anything more than anything higher than a number two. That's number one. Okay, because what he's going to be, Amari Cooper with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper is going to be good for about 800 yards and three touchdowns. That's what, so basically, the Cowboys have just ruined Amari Cooper's career. Like, now they've just completely destroyed Amari Cooper's career. If he was going to be anything with like a decent quarterback, and Derek Carr is a better quarterback, I'll take Derek Carr over that, then they, Amari Cooper is not going to solve the Dak problem where it's like, oh, no, wide receivers can get open. Give me a break, man. Guys are open. He doesn't see them. So, like I said, if Dak was the quarterback and they're positive about that and you want to get him, like, a potentially good wide receiver, I would say he's, he's I would say he's probably an upgrade. Probably an upgrade over what they've got. I think Gallup can be a good wide receiver, but he's not going to make Dak better right now. He's not the type of receiver that's, like, a game changer. So, I mean, he's going to go for 800 yards and three touchdowns with Dak. That, that's basically the production you're going to get out of him with Dak's quarterback. Yeah, so and, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I think your assessment of the Jones is pretty spot on. I just, even, I guess like the most optimistic view is if you somehow think Dak is going to return to his rookie form, Zeke is going to be the best running back in the game, and Amari is going to be one of the top wide receivers, then you got your kind of triple threat there going. But sure. that, that's so far off from reality. Like, it'd be crazy if that happened. So, 
Yeah. I think it's wishful thinking yeah. at that, so. Right. Well, let me clear up. I was being 100%. I was 100% being honest when I said I wanted them to tank. I, want the number, I wanted the number one pick. I wanted them to tank. I want Because tanking would have done two things. Tanking would have basically proven that despite the fact that the Cowboys have a good defense this year, the Cowboys have a top five to a top ten caliber defense this season. Like, that's legit. That's not even, like, being any sort of way. They've had Sean Lee out, and this defense is literally the best defense they've probably had in 20 or 25 years. They're a top five to top ten defense. And that's despite the fact that their their quarterback can't get the ball in the end zone. He's constantly putting them in bad situations. So I was being 100% truthful when I was saying I wanted the Cowboys to tank. I wanted them to get a top five pick. And that's what I was going to look forward to because then you can make a decision on a quarterback. And if you got that high of a pick, then you don't necessarily even have to take that quarterback in the first round. You might be able to snag him early in the second round. And so I was being 100% honest in that. And now the Cowboys have basically just put them in a situation where not only are they still going to be 8-8, eight and eight, but now they're giving their, their draft pick to the Raiders. I want to be a Raiders fan. I want that draft pick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, this uh, anti-Gruden mentality. Now, all of a sudden, he's got three first-round picks, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what he can do uh, as, as this GM drafting, but... Um Andy, it sounds like you're kind of pissed off, uh, like you're about to start a fight. Uh, speaking of fights... About to start a riot. You're about to start a riot. Speaking of fights, I assume you caught the um, the whole little CP3 Rondo little scuffle? Yes. So and, tell me what yeah. you thought of that whole ordeal. Everything from, uh, let's see, starting from Ingram pushing Harden, because I guess he was annoyed by Harden getting all these ticky-tack fouls. And then, I, I don't know if there's a name for it, like what, instead of the flake gate, like spit gate, if, if Rondo spit did gate. or not. Spit gate. <laughs> yeah. I, I've watched the replay over and over and I, I don't think Chris Paul's acting. I couldn't visibly see the spit. Um, it didn't look like Rondo was hucking a loogie so it didn't look intentional and... Oh no, it was intentional. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, he spit in his face. He absolutely did. He made it... Okay. He did it in a way that was... He spit in his face in a way that it wasn't going to be that obvious unless you really zoomed in. So I don't know Got if it. you saw like the video where it was really zoomed in. I mean, he absolutely spit in his face and it wasn't a loogie. I mean, it wasn't like it was straight snot <laughs> or anything like that but sure. I mean, it was just... I mean, for me, that's like the ultimate sign of like just over just disrespect, man. Like you spit in a guy's face. Like what are you in second grade? So and, in the past, you yeah. mentioned like composure. Again, I forgot um, to do that. Flip the bird and stuff like that, and be professional. So uh, obviously, as any person, any guy, you get spat on. You're gonna get livid. Do you think CP3, as I think he's the president of the Players Association or something like that too? Do you think he could have controlled himself better, or he knew he he knew he was gonna incite something by sticking his finger in Rondo's face and like pushing his eye around like he knew something was going to happen there but I think CP3 should have straight jawed him I, I think he should not okay. even have put his finger should have dropped him like okay. Okay. I mean you have a guy spit in your face like that and this is the problem I've always here's the thing because I've always liked Rondo I mean being a Celtic fan obviously you know I've liked Rondo he he was on a championship team for the Celtics like I so I've always been a huge fan of the guy but I've also seen that Rondo has has been a little bit yeah you know I guess he, he he'll get under people's skin at times he's, I mean, he's, he's got a little run our testament. Got a little run our testament. He does. He's got a little bit of that. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't always get into the fights. It doesn't always turn into like full out jumping in the crowd and fighting people. But I mean, he's definitely a guy that tries to get under people's skin. And I know that him and CP3 have history. But in my opinion, CP3 is like a class act guy. Like for for me, he's like a he's a guy that you wait a second. You know, you're a, a fan of him. Wait yeah. a second. You're talking about CP3, and I'll put the YouTube videos. I think there's at least three or four incidents where he he crotch shots CP3. 
people. I don't know if you, I, I can send uh, you those videos. Those are like, those are still, I think he's called them accidental. And I was like, okay, he might be a little bit of a dirty player, but, um, I, but I do agree with you. I think he was definitely, he's more of a class act guy, but, um, well, let me ask you about the suspensions. Do you think that those were fair? I think it was CP3 two, Rondo three, Ingram four. I mean, if it was me, I, I like, I get you've got to suspend, uh, CP3 because he threw a punch, but I don't even want to see CP3 get suspended on that. A guy spit in his face, like a guy standing in front of him fits in his face and like the Lakers are the ones that instigated the entire thing in the first place. I mean, Ingram should get the, I think Ingram uh, should should get, uh, I don't know, I guess questionable whether he gets more games than Rondo because first off, he started the entire thing in the first place and then he decided to jump back in and throw up yep. after yeah. when it wasn't even involving him anymore. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I, I just didn't see why he pushed Harden in the first place. I mean, I think Harden probably be an annoying guy. Like I could see sure, him like, getting sure. under your skin or whatever. But like, I mean, he pushed him for no reason, really. Yeah, I think I mean, what's he's just completely well, I lost think, is cool. I think what's more blatant is when he jumps back in and he came out of nowhere and like threw a haymaker almost. It's good that didn't yeah. land, but I mean, he was kind of defending his player and like I, I could have sworn that whole that whole Nash run where Stoudemire stepped on the court or that whole incident. That I remember, I remember, or was it the Ori thing? I just remember higher suspensions for doing less than literally Ingram coming out of nowhere trying to throw a haymaker, and I don't know how much of it he landed, but um, I've heard some people say he should get 10 or 15, but you know, insider thinking, in my opinion, is the longer Ingram, more so Ingram than Ronda, the, the longer he's out with the Lakers already starting 0-2, that's going to hurt LeBron's record. It's going to hurt his chances to make the playoffs. Then they yeah. want LeBron and the Lakers in the playoffs, so they're like, Well, they're okay. 0-3 right now, right? They're exactly, exactly. So well, they don't want to give off, I mean, I, and I don't even want to give them that much credit for it being a fight in the, anyway. I mean, uh, it, to me, it doesn't look like either any of those guys punched their way through a paper bag. It's just like one of those like prototypical NBA fights where you just see like toothpicks like flying around in the air flailing about <laughs> like it's like I, he, I guess he made contact and I mean there were some it, good punches I, it, it looked more like it looked more like a mosquito bite than a punch but I mean yeah I don't know it's one of those NBA fights where it's like all of a sudden you just see these like skinny arms like flailing <laughs> about like making relatively no contact definitely not causing any damage I mean but well, I, I, I personally like the I, well, I like to see the the uh, I personally like to see the guys um, I know that there's like kind of a um, difference of opinion on whether you like to fight in, in these leagues and stuff and I think it's like if you want these guys to be like role models and stuff obviously you don't want kids seeing fights but like I like it man when you've got guys that are out there making like millions and millions of dollars and they still like get frustrated enough they care enough that they're out there throwing, throwing punches because they want to win and they're taking it that seriously I don't have a problem with like that being a little bit of that going on in sports I mean that doesn't bother me. um, I, I guess my position I, I think your sentiment I sort of agree with I, I don't think uh, I think um, external way that you show it I might not totally agree with it I just I think back uh, I think Bill Simmons was talking about the Rudy Tom, Tom Jonovich thing where he got like he got hit in the face and like he, his life was forever changed or whatever like that I mean these guys are yeah, all like jack yeah. athletes and like if one of these things connects like flush then like who knows what happens but like I agree with you when that, when I see all these guys slapping hands and like opponents helping each other off the court I think that's like everyone's too friendly we're all making millions like it, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth yeah well I mean it happens in every sport but man. on the other end of the spectrum I, like whole uh, sure yo no so what I was saying is I mean, I mean it like, happens personally like and, I like yeah. I like the, oh go on go ahead no go ahead oh, okay oh, no like I mean the whole Westbrook and KD thing I like watching uh, I think it was CP3 and Steph there's a lot of, like these mini kind of um, Steph and LeBron like I, I like these frustration these attitudes uh, obviously uh, what's the stream on Green and LeBron like I, I want my athletes competing against one each other I like when they're competitive I like when they're frustrated I, I might not like them like I'll take some pushing I'll take some whatever some cheap shots but like full on fighting I, I just you know the mouth and the palace you know bad memories from that but 
I, I that's why I agree with like most of your sentiment. Like I like I like my guys competing opponents, not friendly slapping each other. So like that's more my position. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of thing. For for me, like it used to. I feel like players used to get away with a lot more back in the day as it was. I think I think there's like a little bit of a double standard in like four two where like it seems like it's okay in some sports and then it's not okay in others. I mean, sure, like, everybody loves in hockey. You know what exactly. I mean? Like yeah, exactly. everybody loves in hockey. Nobody says anything about these hockey players getting into fights. But then everybody seems to have like an opinion when when like basketball players get into a fight um, or I don't know or you know even baseball players or whatever but you, you know I, I, maybe it has to do with like the basketball game being like more in like an intimate setting I guess I, I was just about to say that yeah like yeah, when I and, when I watch football players scuffle or hockey players I, it's weird but I see helmets I see more padding when I see basketball players pl- fighting I see just raw punches raw faces and yeah. you see their faces the whole time they're exposed there's no armor there's no like yeah it's just a different feeling but um when i see football players and when i see football players fighting i see gladiators out there just <laughs> each other apart. when i see when i see ba players fighting i feel like <laughs> hair pulling and pinching okay, and okay. <laughs> some of that weirdness but yeah I, for me i guess you got to suspend them i don't want to see much more i guess about it though like judgmental why for me it's just a matter of like rondo if he's fitting the guy's face i got a problem with that you know sure sure um well switching topic uh i i can't across this topic and I wasn't sure to bring it up but we, we had talked about I think um, uh, Odell Beckham a couple weeks ago where like you know you're saying he's throwing his team under the bus he's not a team player etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, I've only seen Nick Bosa play a little bit but I know this guy's a freak he's a defensive end obviously his brother's in the NFL um, and he's on Ohio State he's a captain they got a chance you know to hopefully I, I think everyone at this point you either love or hate Alabama most people probably root against Alabama like to the Yankees so like if anything if it's Ohio State Alabama Alabama, you know, you can be the David against Goliath, take down Alabama, be a hero, you know, Ohio State, a lot of tradition. And so I don't remember how severe his injury was, but basically he's withdrawing from uh, his college career. Um, I, I thought I might know your position on this, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Because, um, the only other example I could think of this was, I think, Clowney. I think, I don't know if it was an injury that he took out for the rest of the year or he purposely just sat out for the rest of the year. But the difference being that his team, I think it was South Carolina, they weren't as competitive as, as Ohio State and so mm-hmm. um, I think I think I saw I came across Tebow or something and he's like yeah man how are you going to feel like when you're if, if and when your team makes you know the championships the playoffs and you're going to be looking back you're like man I could have played with my brothers and slayed Alabama or like the what ifs and all that stuff like that but I think Max Kellerman or some other people are just saying well you're you're risking 30 million and I think that was Clowney's position too where like you don't want to risk injury so like do you do you do you watch much college football do you know of Nick Bosa's work and do you agree or disagree with his uh, decision? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know if my opinion on it is uh, I don't know if like I have like a similar opinion to like what other people do. I guess like where my stance is on it like yeah, I think Clowney pretty much did the same thing but a lot of guys have actually done the same thing um, recently where they won't play in the bowl game um, because they don't want to risk you know, when they know that they're going to go out in the draft they don't want to play in the bowl games because they don't want to risk that injury and potential draft stock, um, which I mean from that perspective like I do kind of understand it because it's a tough thing because on one hand you don't want to see guys bail on the teams right um, you definitely don't want to see guys bail on our team but as a kid coming out of college you've only you only have one legit shot to sure. you know get in and get in the NFL to get an NFL contract yep. and I guess that's where I have a tough time I guess judging them and that's the same for whether it's Clowney or whether it's Bosa or uh, I think there's been a couple quarterbacks uh, recently 
that have done the same thing as well. Um, and I don't think it was, I'm not sure it was this past year, but um, I'm trying to think which quarterback it was like two seasons ago that one of the quarterbacks didn't uh, didn't play in, oh, really? in the bowl game. Uh, yeah. And so we've, we've seen that more. It's become, uh, it's definitely become more norm for players because you've only got that one shot at that multi-million dollar contract. And from that perspective, like I can understand it. Um, but I guess this is a different one where he's pulling out of school early. You know what I mean? Like usually it's like for that bowl game. Um, so wait, Andy, remind me, you need to, you need to be a junior before you go to the NFL, right? You need to be a finish your junior career in college to play the NFL. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was sophomore year. Yeah. I thought it was at US. I thought it was years. And I could be wrong on that. Um, so, but I thought that it was two years. So the and, most extreme example is if you're a high school phenom, you literally just sat out two years in college and you were good enough to know that you'd go number one in the following draft, right? That'd be the most extreme example. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think so. So I don't want to throw a total curve on you, but one, how do you feel about this? You know, I, I think the NBA is eventually going to move to like high school kids being able to come out of high school and playing mm-hmm. NBA. I think the position for football has always been like, you know, it's a physical sport, you know, the man's body, whatever. But with your background as a kicker, or I would argue even quarterbacks, right? Yeah. What would prevent a high school phenom quarterback or kicker coming straight out of high school to play the NFL? I guess, I guess a quarterback, you'll, you'll, you'll take some hit, but a kicker, probably not. So like, do you think I that, think, like, yeah, oh yeah, what do you think I, about that rule? I think it's more the adjustment. I'm just looking it up right now. I got it in front of me. So uh, to be eligible for the draft, you have you have to have been out of high school for three at least three years. Wow. So okay. that so that's the current rule. So I think usually that falls under potentially uh, redshirt sophomore year or a junior year, depending on how good of a player you were as a freshman. Um, but I see, like for me, I guess I'm, my thought process on that is I don't know why you I don't know why you have to limit these kids. Like yeah. I don't know why they made that rule. Like it doesn't make any sense to me because they they even did that for the NBA recently, right? I mean, they changed it in the NBA where like some of the best players came straight out of high school. Well, you know? I, I don't I, mean, I don't know if it's fair I, from from what I what I heard the positions were like sure if you're if you're the best kid out of high school you can shoot the three ball you can shoot whatever and sure some some more muscular guy is gonna post you up and that'll be whatever. I think I remember all this coming up when uh, Maurice Claret tried to do it and I, I was I was not familiar with the situation but a lot of the feedback was like you're going to be like a quote unquote kid at 18 or 19 being tackled by grown men and there's more to lose at stake. That, that's why I brought up the QB and I guess the better example of the kicker where physicality not no offense physicality has less to do with it than all these other positional players but I don't know how you could t- like make a rule that like kickers or maybe even quarterbacks could come out earlier than like linebackers or wide receivers or running backs, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair that way either. So like, I would say just let everyone do it, then be selective. But yeah, yeah I think anybody should be able to do it. I mean, for me, I just, I don't think, I don't understand why. It, to me, it doesn't make sense. If somebody is talented enough to make a jump straight from high school to whether it's the NBA or the NFL, I don't understand why they don't allow that. It, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like you don't see it as much in football because there's a huge, there's just such a huge difference difference between um, a guy, a kid being physical enough sure. and strong enough to be able to play in the NFL. That That's where the big difference is for me. It's like being, you know, NFL ready, like body size wise, strength wise to uh, to come out of high school and do that. Well, let me uh, ask you, if, if Sebastian Janikowski, like literally junior year of high school or senior year of high school, that dude was eligible for the Jets. I don't know if he was like, I don't know if he was a late bloomer or he was always that good since high school. Like mm-hmm. he should have been he able to make, okay, he should be able to make like extra millions or something like 
I mean, the only right. comparison I can draw is like I know in Europe in uh, soccer, like those kids come out like like as teenagers and they play on their AAA, AA teams. Pitchers right. do. They go really young, and it seems unfortunate yeah. that football is not the same way. But. Right. Well, trust me, Sebastian Janikowski was always that good because, uh, and I mean, I knew about him in high school because he graduated high school the same year as me, um, and so I knew about him when I was in high school. And obviously, as a you know, as a kicker graduating high school, he was he was the best kicker in the country. Obviously, followed him through Florida State, and he did his thing in college. And but you're right. I mean, he had that type of a leg in high school. So um, I mean, he. I don't have any doubts in my mind that he probably was good enough to be able to, to kick in the NFL level coming straight out of high school. I don't think it's the norm. I don't think the norm sure. for any position. I think that there's a huge adjustment period um, in football where playing a Division One school is going to obviously prepare you a lot more than anything else would. But um, I still just don't understand like why you feel the need to hold somebody back. Why shouldn't the team be able to invest in a guy based on oh. what they believe he can be? You know? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, well, talking about guys with future potential talent at, at an early age. Another one of our weekly segments and I'm starting to rethink this weekly segment as I think a week or two ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. All four rookie quarterbacks won. Now we look at this past week and let's see, Allen's injured. Rosen and Darnold had pretty, I think, three interception type games and Baker probably has the best stats out of all of them, but he lost to the Bucks. Um, You know, going into the season with all the hype around these four guys, I I was really thinking definitely one, maybe two, possibly three. We're going to be like, um, we're talking Dak rookie level. Sorry to bring that up again. Or like, I'm trying to think of other example of rookie quarterbacks just like leading their team to the charge. And um, I, the way that these quarterbacks were hyped up, I really thought they could single-handedly bring a bad team. Um, yeah, even like RG3 or Andrew Luck, like their rookie seasons, like they were of that level. But I don't know if it's that the talent around them is that bad or um, like I, I thought the Browns had a lot of hype going into it. Um, I'm not sure if they'll bounce back and make a late push, but definitely looks like the other three teams aren't going to be like really playoff contenders. I'd be surprised if the Cardinals, the Bills, maybe the Jets might make a playoff run, but what are your thoughts after uh, this past week of um, this 2018 quarterback class? Yeah, I still think that, I still think the Browns have the best shot, um, just because they've been a team that, they've been only a few pieces away, I know that's tough to say that, because obviously they hadn't won a, uh, they, haven't, they hadn't won a game before this season, <laughs> but that's because all of their real young players are like starting to come into their own, so it makes sense that they were closer this year than they were in previous years, and uh, so I still think that they're the, the best team that's kind of like on the edge. And, you know, I, I just think that those other teams are just naturally very far off. I, the, Bills have, the Bills have been competitive. I mean, they've been more competitive than I thought that they were going to be. But um, when you look at the Cardinals and you look at uh, the Bills, I think, uh, man, geez, the, the Browns still could be, I mean, sure. they still border would be undefeated. I mean, they lose yeah, the You know, it, they're losing, the, they're getting these tough breaks, but they're still in the mix. I mean, they're certainly not out of the mix with kind of like where they are right now. Well, Andy, let me ask you this quick question about Darnold. Um, I, somebody drew up this interesting comparison to me because um, there's certain players that will be ever tied in history, kind of, and at least for basketball, like I think of Durant and Odin, what if, what if, and, uh, you know, you think about football, you think of Mariota and James Winston, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think Darnold and Saquon Barkley will always be kind of joined at the hip, right? Because I think there were a lot of talk, you know, the Giants, should they have um, replaced Eli? And, you know, is would Darnold have been that guy? Or a lot of the talk about Barkley is like, this guy's a transcendent player. I've heard a lot of comparisons, very generous comparisons of how good he is. 
Um, one interesting comparison, and um, I, well, let me answer. Let me let me ask you these kind of step by step. So, LT Philip Rivers, who's better? Ooh, that's. I mean, gosh, that's a tough one because they were so they were both so good. I mean, uh, I, probably LT. Oh, okay. Done. Okay. Statistically, I think the LT falls into a higher level of where he was in comparison to his peers, but I do think that Philip Rivers is he's up there. He just hasn't oh. had like the playoff set. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like LT from a fantasy from a superstar play like I think he he's probably more recognizable and more of a star than Philip Rivers in my opinion Philip Rivers has had the longevity but like yeah I mean Philip Rivers is like kind of just like the highest second tier always below those Drew Brees kind of guys and I would argue in some years he was probably at that level but just you know not over the long haul we're like you know Drew Brees has just done it thick and thin um, I asked you that because like I've heard some Saquon Barkley LT comparisons like that's his ceiling or his comp I've also heard some Darnold Philip Rivers comp like that's his ceiling too and I was like wow that's an interesting comparison because if you were to draft say, say the Cowboys come up right and you have an LT type player you have a Philip Rivers type player given your current situation with that well actually actually it's not fair because you guys have Zeke but if you knew that it seems like you would go with LT or because the quarterback position is so important you would go with the Philip Rivers type player or because the Giants are going to be always comparing Darnold and Barkley and asking like what if basically right uh yeah I think that that's such a good argument I think it's such a good discussion because I mean, for me, Philip Rivers, uh, and I was just gonna say, like, I think Philip Rivers is one of those quarterbacks that he doesn't ne- he doesn't get the respect that he ultimately deserves because he hasn't been fortunate to be on like a Super Bowl team. He's been on some good teams, but I think that Philip Rivers has been Philip Rivers was really more kind of similar to like that Tony Romo argument, where sure. like statistically he is a great quarterback. Like he he's a great quarterback statistically. I mean, Philip Rivers and Eli Manning, if anything, were kind of like attached to the hip, and even. Ben Roethlisberger yep, because yep. they all came out that same year and Philip Rivers is I mean in my opinion Philip Rivers is arguably the, the best like the most talented quarterback out of those guys I mean I, think I actually agree with you yeah with Roethlisberger it's debatable but Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers are both better quarterbacks than Eli Manning has become I mean Eli Manning will get that forever credit for winning the two Super Bowls but if you put Philip Rivers on those those giant teams I believe that the Giants probably would have been in more playoffs they would they would have had more opportunities to potentially win Super Bowls um, you can't take away the from, from Eli, the fact that he did make some big plays in some of those games, so that'll always kind of stick with him, and he gets, in my opinion, he gets way more credit for a couple plays than the entire body of work, so um, but if you look at that, you, you know, a franchise quarterback for me, like if you're connecting like Philip Rivers and, say, LT, I mean, I think you want that franchise quarterback that's going to be there for 15 years. The, the shelf life of running back is a lot shorter um, than it is for, say, like a franchise quarterback who's going to be that guy, like, I mean, it's just so tough to get a franchise quarterback of the caliber that some of these guys are. So to answer your question specifically about like Darnold and Saquon, I, I mean, those guys are absolutely going to be attached to hip for their entire careers. They're both in New York. It's the difference between the number two pick and, um, you know, basically the swapping of the two picks, really. Um, and depending on how those two guys do, it's going to be very interesting when all said and done. But just looking at it, I mean, I, I, ha- I have a hard time making any complaints about what the Giants got in Saquon Barkley. I mean, this guy is without a doubt as good as any running back in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's a generation player. He's just, you know, you, you just don't get a player like Saquon Barkley. I, I'm I'm like, I don't love drafting a uh, running back in the top five. I didn't even love it with Zeke, as great as Zeke is. 
I would have probably, you know, if, if you put a, if you put something on me and you said, which one do you want? I mean, I, I kind of want the Jalen Hand spot, but I love Yee. But, you know, if Darnold goes on to be a big time franchise quarterback for the next 15 years and say he wins a Super Bowl or wins a couple Super Bowls and then the, the giant struggle to get like that next quarterback or like a replacement for Eli, then it can be tough because I think, uh, it, I think that the question is going to be Super Bowls. You know, does Saquon, maybe Saquon wins a couple Super Bowls that Darnold never does, but they're both great players. I mean, who knows? It's going to be probably tied that way for a long time. Yeah, my, my old school football uh, knowledge is a little bit cloudy. Um, who is that uh, Who is that Chicago Bears running back? Walter Payton? <laughs> uh, sorry, who, what were you saying? Oh, sorry. So I'm trying to think. Walter Payton and Barry Sanders, did they never play with a great quarterback? Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah, you could probably look at both of them, really. I mean, more so than if you're comparing, like, Emmett Smith. You know what I mean? I mean, Emmett Smith had Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Barry Sanders never had that same type of surrounding cast that those guys had. But, um, man, it's going to be interesting for a couple of reasons, though, too. I mean, they're both in New York. So it's going to be under it's going to be under exactly. a bigger magnifying glass. I mean, those guys forever. It's like if the question's going to come up based on the team stats. The difference is, I think, for like a quarterback, the expectations are going to be higher that you that you lead. As a quarterback, the expectations are going to be higher that you lead your team to a championship. Whereas if the Giants never get a good quarterback, Saquon can still have like a phenomenal career and nobody's going to blink an eye because he's, you know, if he does his part, they're not going to put it on the shoulders of a running back leading a team to a Super Bowl. I guess if we that can, makes any sense. Yeah, no, no. We can all we can only hope or wish for a Jets Giants Super Bowl and we'll finally find out that answer to be amazing. Well, I'm not going to wish for that. I don't want everyone to <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> same here, same here. Um, I thought we'd add another fun segment. Um, I, I, so this is a, a, basically a top five power rankings. And I added this because it, it's kind of like a ring around the rosy. I mean, well, certain teams are kind of just out of the mix now, like the Jags and the Eagles. But the top teams, with the exception of the Rams, who have like cemented the number one spot, I, I hope you'd agree with me. But like the other two through five teams kind of seem to switch thoughts. You could, you could be subjective about where they would fall. But it seems like a lot of people have, in some order, the path, the uh, Chiefs, the Vikings. Kings, the Saints. Again, I'm not telling you the order, but I'm just saying that's what a lot of people have those with the Rams on top. But Andy, how would you have your top five power rankings in the NFL after week seven? Okay, so I would still have the Rams as an overwhelming number one. Uh, I think, geez, I think that then it gets pretty close between the neck teams because the Patriots obviously beat uh, the Chiefs, right? Um, I would probably still go Patriots number two just because of the Patriots and they're going to have to, the Patriots are going to have to prove me wrong before I kind of put a lot of teams ahead of them. I mean, I wouldn't put anybody in the AFC above them right now, especially since they beat Kansas City. Um, so I would go Rams 1, Patriots 2, uh, probably Saints 3. Oh, no, you know what? No, I'll probably go T3. Sorry. I'll go T3, okay. Saints 4, and uh, uh, man, maybe... You don't like those Vikings? Chargers, maybe, maybe Chargers. Okay. I mean, Chargers, okay. Tough, man. Chargers are 5 and 2. The Vikings are from Phil because they're yeah, so same. good and so bad. I mean, um, I, I would probably put probably the Chargers maybe slide into that spot just ahead of uh, the other guys right now. Um, and it's weird, obviously, but the NFC East has struggled. They haven't been great right now. I mean, Eagles aren't really the Super Bowl caliber Eagles right now. Um, I mean, I agree. Then, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people like the Chargers. Um, again, the only two teams they've lost to are what the Rams and the Chiefs. The problem with me is it's hard for me to trust Chargers. I mean, ever since those LT years and the Gates years, like they've had so many attempts at being the best or a shot at the title and they've just always they've they've never really like um done under the bright lights basically so like that's why i don't yeah well, i feel like they're yeah. gonna fit 
but I also they've got the formula this year, though. I mean, the thing is with the, with the Chargers that they've got the formula now. They've got a great pass rush. They've got a, a defense that could be very tough, um, and they've got a phenomenal ground game. So you know, Philip Rivers now, where Philip Rivers was a guy that had to carry those teams, like kind of somewhat mediocre teams. Uh, he had to carry them on his back. Now Philip Rivers kind of step back and just be a quarterback and maybe manage the game a little bit more because they've got such a strong running game. They've got great uh, running backs to catch the ball to the backfield, and they've got that defense that can make things happen. So I think that this Chargers team, for me, is a lot more impressive than any of the teams that we've seen in the past in the Chargers. And the only other team I think that, for me, I have a tough time keeping out of it is the is obviously the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, they, yeah. Defensively, they just have not looked good. I mean, they just have not been a good defense team this year, and they look like they've got serious holes around. So, um, But yeah, I mean, that would be my list right now, top five. Alright, alright. Uh, so, last time we were podcasting, we had this NFL picks. Uh, we did it with the spread. I loosely kept track, and I think I kicked your butt, so we're probably going to switch it, and we're going to go straight up this time around, and going forward, so I think your Cowboys, yeah, your Cowboys are on a bye, as they'll need uh, they'll need to get Amari, and get that Amari Cooper jersey. They're going to get Amari Cooper up to speed. Uh, so let's start off. <laughs> we got uh, Miami at Houston. Again, these are all straight up. Who do you like? Uh, I like Houston. I like Houston, too. Yeah. Um, Eagle, Philly at Jacksonville. Who do you like there? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, okay. Uh, you know, down to the last second, I was going to go Jacksonville too, but I, I can't believe, I, I mean, they have that, what, that curse or that of the Super Bowl teams that kind of just falter the year after. I can't believe the Eagles are going to, like, be this bad next year after, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. Um, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Ooh, a tough one. Uh, is this, sorry, is this game at Pittsburgh? Yep, at Pittsburgh. I'll go with, I'll go with Pittsburgh. Yeah, if it was at Cleveland, uh, I might have thought differently, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. Denver at Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, no-brainer there. Uh, uh, New York Jets at Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> We're both going to go chalk there. Uh, Washington at New York Giants. Washington. Same here. Same here. Um, Seattle at Detroit. This is an, I don't have a great feel for this game, but. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit. You know, they've, they've, they've pulled the running game out of nowhere, and I'm kind of a little bit more impressed by them. I'm going to go with Detroit on that. Yeah, same here. I think uh, Carrion's got a sneaky rookie of the year potential there. Um, yeah. Tampa Bay at Cincinnati. Oh God. Um, uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I hopefully they'll bounce back after that shellacking by the Chiefs. Um, Baltimore at Carolina. That's a good one too. Um, Baltimore. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go Carolina. I'm going Baltimore as well. No, um, I've got no faith in Cam Newton at all. I, I just no. I don't trust that guy. Same here, same here. Uh, this will be an interesting one. Indianapolis at Oakland. Oh, Indianapolis. Yeah, They've got my here. guy Marlon Mack now. I got him on my fantasy team. It was one of the smartest <laughs> moves ever in, in fantasy history. Sticking with my guy. I had more faith in Marlon Mack than his mom did. It's unbelievable. The guy killed it for me this past week. Um, I think Indianapolis coming into their own a little bit. I mean, I'm not yeah. you know real impressed by him, but it's one of those similar situations that to kind of kind of like Detroit. If if Indianapolis can run the ball like they were and take a little bit of pressure off of uh, Andrew Luck, then all of a sudden they might be a competitor team. I agree with all that, and you know me. I'm anti-Gruden, so. Uh, San Francisco at Arizona. Ugly game. But... Oh, man, what a terrible game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with San Francisco. Same here. I'm going to go with the Niners. Um, Green Bay at LA Rams. Wow, that's a good one, but I mean, the Rams, just because yeah. Green Bay's issues have been on defense, and that's not a good matchup for the Rams who score 70 points a game. Yep, agreed. Rams are a juggernaut. Um, the, the rematch, I, I definitely got to watch this game. New Orleans at Minnesota. Oh, man. Uh, 
um, ah, it's such a weird game. Minnesota, it's like, I don't know what Minnesota is. And then, like, I had the same defense in week one, oh. and they, like, humiliated me. Like, they gave me negative nine points in fantasy. So, Ouch. Ouch. Uh, I love, man. Um, I mean, I just think that, I think the Saints, I'm going to go with Saints because I think that I just trust them more. Uh, guy, man. I, you know, I got him on my fan team, and he's such a goof. Like, I just don't know what he's doing half the time. It's like sometimes he looks like a world beater. Like sometimes he's he look he's out there, looks like Montana, and then other times it's like like I, it's just like I don't even know if he's playing quarterback. It's like he, he has is, no awareness. But he's like the epitome of like feast or famine. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. You know, I, I normally would have said Minnesota. I'm one of those where I feel like they're being underrated. Just uh, that's probably more a reflection of um, Kirk Cousins' inconsistent play. But um, you know, I, I, I saw that I saw the trailer for it and they showed the replay of, of the play with the dig play and I was like I think they cut to Drew Brees face and I'm like yeah Drew, Drew he's my boy too so like I'm rooting for the Saints I mean I, I would have thought that Vikings were going to win this but I'm rooting for the Saints and uh, a little funny story so I was talking to my friend who he may or may not have a, a wager that he bet on the Red Sox to win the World Series since the beginning of the season so that'll be a nice little payoff if that happens but he told me of a, a better bet so last season he had not the Saints winning the Super Bowl but he had just the Saints making the Super Bowl and it was 60 to 1 and so basically that play cost him tremendously and I was like who bets that the Saints are going to make the Super Bowl not like win the whole thing like such a weird bet but um yeah I, I replayed that play in my head and like that was so hard to watch but um and then the Monday night game America's favorite team America's team the Patriots at Buffalo I mean come on come on I thought the Cowboys were on by this <laughs> I think the spread for this game is something ridiculous I think it's like 13 or 14 or yeah it, it, I think they're going to get a good slacking but who um, no, no, hold on who are the Patriots playing the Bills oh god yeah oh you can do it. You can do it be a contrarian. Well, I don't. I don't dislike the Patriots. So that's the thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. I, I actually like the Patriots. I'm considering like I hate the Cowboys so much right now. Like I hate <laughs> the Cowboys so much right now that like you I'm trying to, to figure out which team I'm going to root for. And it's like, I mean, why can't I have a little test in my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I, this is a no brainer. I, I almost don't even feel like we have to mention that because the sure. Patriots are going to beat so badly. Uh, but yeah, so Patriots going to win that. But um, it'll be funny to see, I guess, <laughs> how bad they beat them. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, so our little quick hit section. Um, yeah, there were a lot of crazy games. Um, dramatic fashion. Uh, I know you as a kicker, you must like. I, I literally was watching that Ravens game real time, and I was like, and I, I can only imagine the memes on uh, that kicker's face. I forgot his name, but like, I really felt for that dude. And like, it seems like every week, Mason Crosby. Like, all these kickers have some weird stories, but um, a lot of dramatic finishes. So like, what do you think of what was the best game of the week? Best game of the week. Uh, Jeez. I mean, it might have been Carolina and the Eagles. That was, uh, I'm just trying to think out of the box a little bit. I mean, Carolina and, uh, Carolina came back from like, what, 17, weren't they like 17 down? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the game was over. Yeah, I almost tuned out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would lean towards that one because two re- very relevant teams. Um, and then I'm trying to think, uh, I guess, which other game stands out for you? I mean, Cowboys was on a last second field goal. Obviously, that was dramatic. Um, and obviously, the, the Baltimore game as well. The Chargers uh, tight I mean, it was, it was, it was a, I wouldn't say, I don't know. Titans are always weird ever since Bravel. It's, 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 you feel like something weird is going to happen every game, but I wouldn't call it great. Um, you know, I wouldn't call the Patriots, well, put it this way, the Patriots Bears, I never felt like we were going to lose. And even as dramatic of a finish as that game was, there were a lot of exciting plays within the game. And like, it seems like running quarterbacks crushed our path, but like, um, it was highly entertaining, but not competitive, if that makes sense. Um, right. So, yeah, so, makes- no, I'm just looking at some of these other scores, like the Colts crushed the Bills. So like, um, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. That's saying 
Ravens game was kind of up and down a little bit, but um, yeah, kind of kind of all over the place basically. Yeah, I probably agree with you. Um, sticking with the theme of, you know, Andy, that actually the other day it, it occurred to me, and sorry to rub it in, but it occurred to me. You said you're a Celtics fan, is that correct? Yes. Do you think it'd be more satisfying for a lifelong Celtics fan to win against the Warriors with KD or to win against the Lakers with LeBron? Uh, I think question. they'd have. I think they'd have beat the Warriors. Uh, because nobody, I I don't think any nobody expects. I mean, I guess I don't anyway. I, I think the Lakers are at least one, possibly two years away. So uh, I I think it would be more satisfying for anybody to beat the the Warriors. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's the easy answer. It just feels like they're yeah they're the monsters, but it never dawns on me because like as a Celtics fan, you grow to hate LeBron from the Cavs to the Heat. Yeah. And that plus the Lakers, it only gets magnified that if we can you know beat the Lakers, our lifelong rival plus LeBron. But so it dawns on me if the Lakers were somehow to upset the Warriors or something. You could have a Boston LA championship in three sports. Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean I know you were for the <laughs> no, that was not, not the Patriots or the Red Sox, but it's a little crazy to think about that. Yeah. Um yeah. which which well, leads me to our last game, man. Exactly. Yeah, struggling. But no, I think there's more to it though, man. I think if you look at the Celtics, and the reason I say Golden State is because you, you look at the Celtics right now and you have to kind of look at them as that one legit team talent-wise that you could stack them up against Golden State and say, all right, you know what? All of a sudden, this team is the one that kind of got that like potential big future if they keep their guys together. You know, like Golden State is probably closer to losing a couple guys. They may lose KD. They may lose uh, Clay Thompson. Um, whereas Celtics now, I mean, they were so close last year that it's like, if they could win, how are you pulling that team apart? You know, I mean, they've got so many, so many yeah. players. There, I think it was so. Paul Pierce or someone said that the Celtics have more talent. And actually, it's fun, Kiki, stat that apparently Boston has more rainfall than Seattle. And it just feels when it rains heavier here versus like the light drizzle of Seattle. Little yeah, deep. right. I don't, I don't know if it's still wow. true, but um, but by Paul Pierce's statement, I was like, what are you talking about? You're such a homer. But then it dawns on me. He's talking about how deep the bench is, right? Like Rozier and some of our other bench players that are quality guys. Again, I, I argue Rozier could start on half NBA teams, in my opinion. Marcus Smart, etc. Um, Morris. So I think it, sadly, I think the championship, if it was the Celtics Warriors, would come down to the coaching. Because it's literally, if Steve Kerr can maximize his output from his starting five, nobody, I mean, the Monstars included, can, can beat those Warriors, in addition to Cousins. But if you if there's foul trouble, if there's some injuries, and he has to manage and stretch his bench, you're not going to compete with the Celtics bench if Brad Season's doing it right, keeping fresh players, you know, mixing those guys up. So, oh, yeah. I think if the Warriors have any major injuries or get in any foul trouble, again, I'm assuming the championship's Warriors, Celtics, then I think the Celtics have the advantage. If he can keep his starting five, his best five, and maximize that output, I, I think we got in a shot. But on the same time, because there's all these talks about Butler and more more specifically AD, if you could, I'm not, I would never ask for it, but if you could somehow flip like a Hayward and Brown or a Kyrie and, I don't know, Horford or something for an AD, now you've, you've, you've you know, you've taken your deep bench into more concentrated starting five, and then you oh, yeah. firepower for firepower. But I mean, that, that's that's wishful thinking. But anyway, yeah, I've been saying that. I was saying that at the end of last game where. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be total sense if if, if Norland thinking about you know if, if they think they're going to lose AD and he wants to go to a more of a contender, then that would make sense for them to flip because the Celtics could afford to probably give up two guys and they would still be ridiculous. I mean, they they like would the, still have like the most ridiculous starting five there is. You know the, what I mean? The scariest trade. Right, like if you're New Orleans, you want to restart, you want to reset, right? You want young players. If you're Celtics, you 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 pseudo you although your position for the long term, you pseudo want to win now. So I would argue Tatum's the only untouchable player in all of NBA, right? Because he's he's not only so good, but he's also so 
so young on a rookie contract that it's the best of both worlds. But imagine if you're an alum, you'd have to make the money work out. Noah uh, uh, Brown and Tatum for Anthony Davis. He is, the Pelicans are satisfied because they get young players. We get a win now player and now you're Horford, um, Gordon, AD, and Kyrie. I mean, I, again, I, I like our younger players. I just like their length. I like their athleticism. So I, I personally would not want to do that. But in, in some sort of yeah. composition where you're trading off a of Brown and Tatum plus someone else, yeah. the Pelicans are satisfied because they get younger. Yeah, but. I'm not giving up Tatum. I, I'm not giving yeah, up Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. Tatum. Honestly, like, right. as much, I mean, obviously, like, you look at Antonio. I mean, if you look at Antonio Davis, I mean, he's he's as good as it gets, obviously. But as a Celtic, I just, I don't think you give up Tatum. I just yeah. think that he's he's got so much potential, like, to be, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, he could he could be, like, a, almost like a maybe a Kawhi or, you know what I mean? Something kind of, like, in that area. I don't know if he'll be as great sensibly, but I just think that he's got so much potential that I just don't think you want to mess with Tatum. I, I'd give up anybody else, I think. Yeah. Uh, Kawhi is an interesting comp. I, I think just piece of his frame, got that tall, skinny. Although again, I, I stood next to him. He's I somehow always thought he was as tall as Katie, but Katie's closer to seven feet. Tatum's definitely not, isn't. But I always compared Tatum like if he was ever to be a poor man's Katie or a poor man's Tracy McGrady, kind of that long with a dribble can shoot anywhere, yeah. that kind of player. I I take that. I take that. But um, right. I could talk about sports all day. But you know, today is day one of the World Series. Woo-hoo! Go Red Sox. Um, how, how do you see this? <laughs> How do you see this going? I was I was up in Chinatown earlier and I saw three guys in Dodgers jerseys and I was like, I don't know, this will be an interesting series. Um, I think the Red Sox are slightly favored. I don't know if that's from the numbers, but I would assume there's more Red Sox fans than Dodgers fans, just my guess. So like kind of public opinion. But um, yeah. how do you see the series going? Um, I mean, I think I think the Red Sox are the better team. I think I think uh, I think the Dodgers are tokers, but it's like I'd rather have the Dodgers, I guess, go against Boston because I mean because yeah against um, Boston because I think that LA wouldn't care of it I guess if that makes sense versus like a Brewers team which was just kind of like not really I guess you didn't really expect them to be there um, but gosh man I just I don't think that the Dodgers have enough to beat the Red Sox I guess I just don't think they do I mean I, I would hope that maybe uh, I hope it goes seven games I think it'd be fun to see it go well I'd like the Red Sox get swept but I don't think that's going to happen I, I think <laughs> after that I think it'd be cool to kind of see it go seven games and um, I think that the game one starters I think that that's such a big story, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll I be a good matchup. I'm hoping for a competitive series. Um, I'm hoping for a good performance to everyone. Like, you know, I, I'd hate for, I mean, we have the bat. I'd hate for Kershaw to get lit up and, like, have that kind of reputation that he's always had. It's yeah. Kind of, it's kind of unfair for him. Like, it, I mean. Well, but that's the thing, though. That's the story because he, <laughs> you know, Kershaw has not been great in the big, in the biggest game. And so that's, the, that is the story, though. And, and then, you know, on the next thing, though, Chris Sale has kind of faded at the end of seasons too so I know he came in as big boss in this postseason but uh, I guess that that's kind of like the interesting question between the two guys is that they've neither of them have really been like their absolute best at this time of the year um, so I think that that's an interesting story I want to see Kershaw do well obviously I want to see him shout out the I, I hope he <laughs> But also, I got a little love for Kershaw because he went to school down the road from where I live. I mean, oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, him and Stafford both went to uh, Highland Park. So him and Matt Stafford uh, were, um, I think they both graduated together. They were like best friends or something. So, uh, I mean, I'd like to see Kershaw win, obviously. I do think 
that the Red Sox, if I'm being fair and not biased, just being a hater, <laughs> I do think the Red Sox are the better team. So fair enough, fair enough. I, you know, it, I do think that it has potential to go, you know, to go seven games, and yeah, we'll have to there. It's gonna be tough if it goes seven games. They're gonna it's gonna be a tough, tough for thing for the Dodgers to do to go into uh, Fenway and beat them. <laughs> you know, it'll be seven. it'll be interesting. I'm just trying to think of the um, who did the Cubs beat when they won the World Series? Uh, the Cubs beat. Jeez, uh, my mind is blank right now. Was uh, it the Royals? It wasn't the Royals, was it? Was it? Uh, I know the Royals won, but I don't think they went back to it. Well, I guess like when you had the Astros beating the Dodgers, those are two fairly warm weather cities. I mean, I was just out, outside a, like a couple days ago. It was like 40 degrees out here. You're gonna be swinging back and forth between LA and Boston. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of crazy. Um, let me ask you this final question, since Kershaw's your your boy, your bestie. Um, so a lot of people, like media people, and I think it's somewhat either blasphemous or the time frame is a little off. They're talking about, and I, I've watched him, you know, occasionally. They're talking about Kershaw being like one of the best of his generation. Um, is that is that a little extreme? I mean, I, I just think back to some of the 90s guys, obviously Pedro, Randy Johnson, some of these guys. Is, is Kershaw at that level or are they just talking after that generation or in your opinion? Yeah, no, I think that he's arguably, okay. um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's up there, man. Uh, he's definitely up there, but I think the so regular thing, season, but yeah, the one thing that separates those guys probably postseason. Exactly. That's got it. Got it. Got it. That separates those guys, I think, is the postseason. And um, I mean, we all know Pedro was as big of a choker as anybody. I mean, <laughs> the Yankees were his daddy. I mean, he even admitted the Yankees were his daddy. But I think his biggest win was when he threw like an 80-year-old guy on the ground. Wasn't that like the biggest win he ever had? <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. I, I haven't kept track of the Baseball Hall of Fame where it's like, you know, like the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, actually, I take the right. You know where Charles Barkley gets some flack because he's a great regular season, but like, you know, he never won a chip. Do you think yep. when people compare them, Kershaw won't be at those guys' levels if he never wins a chip? championship uh gee i think i think to kind of like i think to, to to really be on that level you need to be you need to win the championship i think that there's like i, I don't necessarily always agree with it but i think that it's just the way it is you know like you you can only get so far if you don't win that championship that i mean that's kind of how people are looked at like when it comes forward yeah you know and i think that right now kershaw is kind of like in that boat where he's, he's right there but he needs that kind of that moment you know what i mean it's kind of like Verlander, you know what I mean? Like where he oh. came out and blew it away last year. Sure. Um, but I just think it, you, to get to that like next year, to get to that next level, you've got to win the championship. Well, so. I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I can't wait to watch this series. Uh, it's probably the best time for sports, literally, well, if your baseball team's still playing. That wasn't a knock, but you baseball, you got football, you got basketball, you got hockey. Um, I can't wait for this series. So uh, that's all the time we have this week. My name is John Lee. And I'm Andy Benzewitz. Hope you enjoy the show. You you can reach out to us at be nice Andy on Twitter, Instagram, be nice Andy on Facebook, and be nice Andy at gmail.com. See you later, man. Have a good one. Go socks.